All right, I am super excited to talk to you guys tonight. Um, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Anna Sylvester. Um, some call me Anna, some call me Anna Lee. Um, closer to me, call me Anners. You can call me whatever you want. We're going to be friends. All right, so um, things about me. Okay, I just graduated from Providence Christian Academy. Go Storm. And um, yeah, I know it's a weather, so whatever. But, um, but next year, I'm doing something a little different. I'm not going straight to college. First, I'm taking a gap year. And um, it's a special kind of gap year that's like Christian leadership program that I'll be studying and um, traveling a lot. But the next year, in 2014, I'll be going to Furman University. So I'm super excited about that. But um, other things about me, I have a semi-large family mom, dad, older sister, and then two younger siblings. Um, we also have a couple pets, which I really love animals, so it's, it works out. But, um, and then also I work at Chick-fil-A, fun fact. And <laughs> yeah, chicken, yum. <laughs> All right, so what have we learned so far? Monday, Gray came and talked to us, and um, he talked about creation. And so God created this beautiful thing, and everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. Man could literally walk hand-in-hand hand with God through the Garden of Eden, and it was beautiful. And then Tuesday, we learned from Colby that we kind of messed things up. We brought in this thing called sin, and it kind of has tainted everything. Like, everyone has sin in their life, and we're all sinful to the core. And even though we have this big problem at hand, God has a plan. So first, to solve this problem, I think we should identify the problem. You know, they always tell you in like bio class or doing labs, they're like, first thing to solve the problem is to identify the problem, and you have to like write it down in your lab notebook, and you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this. Well, that's what we're gonna do, but I'm not making you take out your lab books. I kind of put together a statement of kind of basically to sum up what has happened. We as humans have offended the holiness of God to a point where we can't even be in his presence. That's pretty bad. But the thing is, God wants a relationship with us. So our sin actually makes us enemies of God. And it poses this really complex problem where God wants to be around us, but because we have sin, we can't be around him. But God had a plan. Now you guys heard that I like pets and animals and whatnot. Well, fun fact, I'm actually a cat lady. I, I'm gonna say it, I love cats. And um, senior year, I even had Cat Lady for Life written on the back of my car, and I rode around with it for several weeks and refused to wash it off because it's true, and I'm going to own up to it. And you can hate me, but I'm a cat lady. Now, we got this kitten about a year ago. I know, cute, right? Well, her name is Marie, and um, she's the, we got her in this cute little kitten, and I was like so like obsessed with her and happy, and I was like, yeah, get a cuddle buddy, and just beyond happy. 
Well, turns out, it's more of a demon cat than anything. And, um, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, can we zoom in on, zoom in on the, there we go, all right. Okay, ears back, eyes squinted. You can tell that Marie hates me. And the thing is, I started to hate her too. Which, cat lady for life. So, and I'm gonna stick to that. So I continued to try and try and try to be nice to her, but I have scratches and scars all over me if you want me to show you, but anyways. So now, I have this problem where I want to be around Marie, but I can't deal with that. Like, she's just the most demonic cat ever. And, but I'm still a cat lady, so don't worry. Well, that's kind of how I look at how God is with us. I mean, he wants to be around us, but because we have sin, we can't be around him. And so this problem is here, and we have to deal with it. Well, God had a plan. So how can this plan, how can this problem be fixed? Well, in Hebrews 9:22, it says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So blood is required. And tonight, the color is red, if you haven't noticed. This is because to fix this problem, blood has to be shed. But now, where are we going to find a pure enough blood to cover this, cover this sin? Well, God had a plan. Each and every one of us have a debt, and it's infinite, and it's far more than our lives can pay for. But as humans, we have to deal with it still. And you know they say that a good man could come along, lead a perfect life, and he could come and die for me. But this poses a couple problems. Because, well, one, I don't know a single person in this room who would die for me because I'm pretty messed up if you don't know me. And then second thing is that there is no good man or woman in this room. We're all sinful and sinful to the core. So how are we going to, how do we deal with this? Well, God had a plan. This person that comes along and pays for our debt, they have to fulfill three requirements. First, they have to be human. This is because humans are the ones who offended God, so a human has to die. Second, they have to have no debt, and that means a perfect life. And I don't know about you, but being human and leading a perfect life don't exactly mesh. And then the third thing, they have to have the unlimited ability to take on sin. If they're going to get rid of this infinite sin that we have, it has, they have to have the infinite ability to take it on. And that ability is only found with God. Where are we going to find someone who fulfills those three outrageous requirements? Well, God had a plan. 
So you guys know that I'm going to Furman in 2014, and it's gonna be great, and I plan on being a psychology major, and it's awesome, great. And I'm gonna work really hard, four-year degree. Well, let me set the scenario up for you. All right, so I go to Furman, and right now, according to collegedata.com, Furman is $55,419 a year. Now, for those of you who don't really understand how big a number that is, it's really big. So I go to college, and I ignore that fact. I didn't get any scholarship money, but hey, I'm going to have a good time at college, and I'm just going to kind of push the debt over here. So I start racking up debt. Well, I continue to ignore it. And, you know, junior, senior year, I meet a really, really tall, dark brown hair guy, and we'll call him so-and-so. And, -so. and um, <laughs> me and so-and-so kind of hit it off, and, like, we decide to get married, and it's going to be great. And um, so we get married. I finish college. Everything's going smoothly, but there comes that day when I have to tell so-and-so about my debt. All right, well... I could choose to deal with it on my own. You know, and um, doing the math with a four-year degree, psychology degree, coming right out of Furman, and then if you take that and subtract how much it costs to actually live here, I would be paying off my debt for over 20 years. And that's if I chose not to go on vacation, I didn't get a new car, I didn't get any new furniture, that's just to have food, a home, and pay off debt. So, 20 years. That's older than I am. And thinking about spending a lifetime, like paying my lifetime, paying off this debt, that's outrageous. So I tell so-and-so. And I'm like, hey, so-and-so, um, I owe $221,676 to Furman. And he's like, oh, Anna, you're so beautiful, and I love you so much. And, um, but what were you thinking? That's a quarter of a million dollars. How are we going to deal with this in our family? I said, I don't know. And then, <laughs> so he goes to his dad, who happens to be a surgeon. And, um, <laughs> and he goes to his dad, and he says, hey, yeah, Anna's great, awesome wife, great but she's kind of an idiot when it comes to money, and she has this huge amount of debt, and I don't know what to do because I don't want this in our family. <sighs> so then, of course, he makes that noise too, but um, <laughs> so-and-so's girly. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, so then I get a call on the phone, and it's my father-in-law, so-and-so's dad. And... Um, he says, you know, come in my office. I'm like, oh, great, great. And so I, like, sit down, and he's like, so I hear you owe a quarter of a million dollars to Furman. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right. And then he writes a check, and he hands it to me. And he pays off my debt. Now, that's not going to happen. I promise, I, I promise I'll be more careful with my money. But... If that did happen, that would be outrageous and unexplainable. And I don't know why he would have done that for me, but I would feel like I owe him so much. I feel like I would owe him 
those 20 years that I was going to be paying back my debt, or even more than that. But the thing is, this is what God does with our lives. We have this infinite debt, and he takes it, and he wipes our slate clean. He gives us this option to accept a gift that he's giving us, and he wants to wipe your slate clean if you just let him. So God has this plan. And I'm talking about redemption. Redemption is this big, churchy word, and I'm not really good with big words, and my vocab is minuscule. So we're going to look at the word redeemed. That's easier, right? Re. We all know what that means. Like, if you redo something, it means to do it again. So it must mean again. And then deemed. Let's say I deem this cat mine. Well, I am claiming this fluffy, fuzzy kitten to be mine. So redeemed would be to claim again. And that's exactly what God wants to do with our lives. And it's really cool because um, in 1 Peter 1.20, it says, He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Revealed in these last times. So, basically, God has had this plan that I've been talking about for eternity. Before he created man, before creation, before the fall, he knew what was going to happen, and he had this plan to save us. Um, So God intervenes. And he sets this plan into motion. I think it's crucial that we understand how hopeless we would be without this plan. You guys heard about Marie. Well, let me tell you about my other pet. His name is Chester. Chester is a 130-pound golden retriever, big ball of hair, and... In his spare time, he is finding vents to lay on and just finding ways to get cool because he's just so hot all the time, poor thing. But um, he loves people, and um, he will follow us around and sleep a lot. And um, so about almost exactly three years ago, um, my family and I decide to go on vacation to the beach And as you know from Gray talking to us, girls love the beach. I love the beach. And um, so we're at the beach. But the thing is, we're not going to take a big hairy dog to the beach because he doesn't exactly like it. So we had to leave him at home, and he was getting pet-sitted. Great. Um, So we go on our trip. And about three days in, I get a call from the pet-sitter, and she says... Yeah, Anna, I can't find Chester. And I'm like, um, check the bathroom, check the basement, check all tile flooring. He likes to lay down on tile. I don't know. Check the backyard. And she says, yeah, no Chester. And I was like, all right, okay, calm. Um, So I decided to tell my dad. And, um, My dad waits it out about a day, and then there's still no Chester. 
At this point, it's been like four days. So he decides to leave the beach early, and he goes back home, and um, he's searching for Chester, putting up, um, you know, lost dog signs. There's even a reward at this point, and, um, you know, time continues to march on and march on. And so much time passes by that it's actually rounding on two weeks, 13 days, actually. And by this time, we're just looking for Chester's body because we figure he's probably just dead somewhere, so we just want to know what happened to him, you know? And so we are um, looking for him, and there's a reward for him, and um, it's the first day of school. It's been 13 days. And um, the first, the thing about school is that Chester would always bark when the buses came by. And um, so the bus came by to pick up my little sister. And um, Chester, obviously we didn't hear his bark and it was really sad. And, um, but the thing was that our neighbor came running up to our house and she says, okay, you might think I'm crazy, but I hear Chester's bark. And I'm super skeptical at this point because we've had people call us and say that they found Chester dead on the side of the road and it was a deer. (laughs) We've had people call us and say they found Chester just to get the reward money and it was like this chow chow dog, like yay high and and like pushing 30 pounds. And I'm like, no. (laughs) So she says she hears Chester's bark. And we walk outside. Sure enough, there is a faint bark. And it sounds like Chester's. So we continue to follow it. And it's coming from the ground. And we're like, hold up, what? (laughs) And then you guys know how in neighborhoods, there's the road. And then there's a little gutter on the side for the rain to go down. And the rain continues to go down into a storm drain. And the storm drain usually leads to a pipe of some sort that leads to a creek. Well, Chester's bark was coming from the storm drain. We lifted the manhole, and we looked 20 feet down, and we hear, woof. Like, oh my gosh, Chester, you're stuck in a storm drain. (laughs) For 13 days. So my dad frantically climbs down that ladder, and Chester was in the pipe portion, and there were um, bricks and debris preventing Chester from moving forward into the actual storm drain. So my dad moves all that stuff, and they're like embracing, and it's great, and, um, but how are we going to get him up now? Um, that's my dad at the bottom of the storm drain with Chester. Um, now we have a problem of how are we going to get him up, So we call the firefighters, and um, they bring harnesses, and um, they pull them up, and, you know, Chester finally gets on land, and the first thing he does is he takes a good two-minute pee. And I'm like, (laughs) like, Chester, why were you holding it down there? (laughs) Look at that tongue. And so... We're all loving on Chester. He's lost about 25 pounds. And um, so we rush him to the vet. 
And you know, we're just so happy that we finally found him. Well, Chester, looking at it from his perspective, you know, he was just derping around and he just saw something pretty cool and he was like, hey, I'm gonna go follow that into a pipe. You know, remember the pipe that I told you about? There it is, the pipe. He crawled up the pipe that led to the storm drain. So, as I said, Chester was derping around and he finds something cool in this pipe. I don't know, whatever. And so he starts crawling and continues to crawl until he gets to a point where he can't crawl anymore and he's stuck. And really the only thing he can do is bark and hope that someone with the right equipment will come down and save him. My question is, are you stuck? Because as humans, we see something pretty cool and we start just crawling through our little filth hole, our pipe, and we keep crawling and we get stuck. And the only thing we can do is hope that someone with the right equipment is gonna come down and save us. Now, that someone who can save you, who can pull you up from your murk and filth and whatever, is God. God's plan. And God always has the right timing. You know, with Chester, he had been down there for 13 days, no food or water. And we t- when we took him to the vet, the vet told us that if he'd been down there for one more day, his kidneys would have failed because he was literally sitting there and dying. And God has the right timing for you. So there's this plan. And in Colossians 1, 19 through 20, it states the plan. It says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Notice the word blood. Blood was shed, and it was done. But my question is, who is this him himself, his, his blood? Well, it was Jesus. Jesus came and he shed his blood for our sins. And he fulfilled those requirements that I was telling you about. He was human. He was 100% human. He led a perfect life. And how hard that must have been to have been, been human and lead a perfect life, I can't even imagine. But he did it. And then third... He has the unlimited ability to take on your sin, to take on our sin, because he's 100% God as well. Jesus came in human form and took on every sin. He took on some of my personal sins that you might struggle with, like jealousy, gossiping, pride, gluttony, deceitfulness, lying, hatred, bitterness, anxiety. Maybe you don't struggle with those. Maybe it's envy, greed, self-hatred, judging, idolatry, lusting, being unmerciful, wrath, adultery, arrogance, rebellion, coveting, strife. 
all of that, it seemed like there was no hope and there was no way out. But God had this plan. And now, if we choose to accept this gift that God is presenting to us, we can exchange our sinful lives for Jesus' perfect life. So when God looks at us, he sees perfection the way it's supposed to be, like in the garden. And we just have to accept this gift. And it's um, just a beautiful thing that God lets us do. My final points are to two different groups of people in this room. First, for the Christians, the followers of Christ, I encourage you because we can know full and well God has a plan. And second, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus' perfect life. And if we can live with those two things, we can truly attain a peace that passes all understanding. But the other group, if you're here tonight, and maybe this is the first time you've heard this story, or maybe it's the first time it's really stuck in your heart, I encourage you, because tonight in small groups, your group leader is going to be talking to you about it and um, ask as many questions you have. Um, but I encourage you, because God has a plan. It's just a question if you're willing to accept this plan. I want to leave you with a quote. It's from a pastor here. He said, Jesus came and he died to restore our identity and authority as his image bearers so that we can partner with him in the restoration of all things. And that's exactly what Hannah's going to be talking to you about tomorrow night. Restoration. You know, Jesus came and he died so that we could choose to be with him. And we could have our lives restored as we are also restoring the earth and the world around us. And God wants us to join with him and do that. And that's really cool. So I encourage you, because tonight in small groups, it's going to be really amazing. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity just to um, present the gospel. And Lord, um, I want to pray for um, the small group leaders as they're leading people tonight, that um, you, would f you would fill the room, and your presence would just be so, um, just so strong, and that, um, you know, everyone would understand this, and you'd open hearts and minds, and um, Lord, just be with us now. We love you. Amen.